Perfect Stranglers contains graphic and explicit content suitable for mature listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Stranglers, it's Bree. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go. I was like, is she going to do it? Is she? Or is this what we're doing? <laughs> Uh, it is the ass crack of dawn here in perfect strangler land i uh made brie get on half hour earlier than (laughs) than we were planning on on doing it how how long ago did you wake up um about nine minutes ago oh really you got on that quickly yeah that is impressive i woke up and i saw your message and i that was the first thing I did was reply to your message, and then I got ready to go on our podcast. Damn, Brie, this is this is commitment. So here's the situation of why Brie had to get on so early. I'm still house hunting. I am easily 40 houses in. I've put in, I think, 10 offers, 7 to 10 offers at this point. Had one accepted. The inspection was awful. And then a house got on the market 14 hours ago, and I saw it. And I was like, I am in love with this house. Texted my real estate agent, who I also do roller derby with. So she's like, I love her. She's like, we're going to see it at 1130. I was like, oh, shit. Perfect. But oh, shit. We need to record. So you get our morning voices today, which is like an octave lower, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, uh, our sexy voices. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Perfect Stranglers at Midnight. My name is Kylie. <laughs> Could you imagine if I talked like that? Oh my gosh. Like, um, I don't know. Some. I was going to say Delilah, but that's Delilah. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Delilah. Oh We've my talked gosh. about Delilah. We've talked I about Delilah, Delilah before on here. I heard, I just we have. distinctly I love her. remember all of the whole, like, super fucking sad stories. My mom would listen to Delilah. It was like the saddest stories. And my mom's already like a kind of an easily sad person, I guess. And I'm like, Mom, you're just like perpetuating your own sadness. Yeah. (laughs) But whatever. Some of them were sweet stories. But yeah, some of them were sad. So sad. And a lot of them were about like relationship sadness or kid sadness. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Delilah. It's weird. Yeah. But <clears throat> so that's the stitch of what's happening. Um what else was I gonna say? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember what I was gonna say. I don't know. I can't think. I just I didn't just wake up. Oh yes I did. I saw a movie last night. I saw Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you heard about that movie? It's in theaters. Um, I was wondering why Jake Gyllenhaal was on SNL last week. <laughs> I was like, why is he relevant again? <laughs> so there's a two there's a couple of reasons. Um one, there's a I think it's a newer movie on Netflix. He plays a nine one one operator. And that movie was so there's a few movies on Netflix you need to watch. One is called The Call. It has Halle Berry in it. Technically it's a WWE movie. It's like produced by WWE. Excuse but me? I don't know which wrestlers I don't know what wrestlers in it. Yeah, but it's a really freaking good like like action thriller movie. It's really good. I really okay. like the call. And then there's a movie called The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal. He plays a nine one one operator. Halle Berry also played a nine one one operator. And it is another like action kind of thriller movie. Really good. Pretty good. Like like 
intense like suspense but not scary suspense but like what's gonna happen um good plot twist in that one ambulance i saw last night in movie theaters um and he plays a bank robber him and his brother um his brother's like was a an ex-marine trying to get in like be like a good guy but his brother needs money for his um, wife's surgery. They just had a baby. He needs like two hundred and something thousand dollars. He goes to his brother to get help and um, his brother Jake's a bank robber and they end up robbing this bank and getting into a whole shit storm of trouble and they end up hijacking an ambulance with an EMT in it and his brother ends up shooting a cop so they have to keep this cop alive because that's the only thing keeping them alive so that the rest of the police force that's chasing them doesn't shoot them because they know they have one of their own in this ambulance that is like on his deathbed it's really good really really good and um the action shots in it are done by like a world-renowned drone racer I didn't know that was a thing, but so when I was watching this, I was like, did I send, I think I sent you the uh, TikTok yesterday. Maybe I didn't, but you're watching this and you're wondering how did, how are they getting a camera to fly underneath a car that's jumping in up a building and then down a building? It's like, I've never seen shots like it in a movie before and it's a Michael Bay movie. So it's already like a lot of action, but they have this 19, I think he's like 19 year old kid. He's a professional drone racer and michael bay's like hey kid come film my movie and yeah he's like the baby driver of drone drones yeah it's (laughs) honestly the shots in the movie it i could not imagine this movie in imax i might get a little bit car sick if i watch it in imax but it was really cool so highly recommend go see ambulance with jake gyllenhaal and that's uh my movie corner for today instead of books Anyway, so yeah, Brie, should we uh, hop into housework and then the episode? Yes, we should. Okay. I feel like that's going to be a really abrupt segue to our listeners, but Brie just had to shut off her heat, <laughs> so I forget what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening every week, even though we have awful segues. Um, and we appreciate all of your love and support. Uh, if you want to continue to support us, please uh, follow along with us on our social media. Facebook is at Perfect Stranglers, a true crime podcast. Instagram is at Perf Stranglers, and Twitter is at Perfect as at Perf Stranglers. And oh my god, I fucked up. And Instagram is at Perfect underscore Stranglers. Jesus. Okay. Also, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and go ahead and leave a review. Write literally whatever you want. Tell us what you're having for dinner tonight. Leave a recipe. Ooh, wouldn't that be cool if our reviews were just recipes? (laughs) I would kind of like really like that. I made really good eggplant parmesan the other week in my uh in my air fryer and I got it to be crispy in my air fryer. It was so freaking good. Even Everly ate it. Huh. I'm making it again tonight because it was just so good. Anyway, um reviews. Leave a review. That really helps us out. Helps more people know that we even have a podcast. And if you're on Spotify, you can now give us five stars on there. And uh, we really want to keep up our all five star rating on there. So go ahead and do that. And we will love you forever. Bree, what's going on today? Well, today, uh, I think we have our first cult today. We've, was it, it, I, didn't we do the, um, 
The all the famous people? The Manson family. Is that what you're talking well, about? Well, you did that one, but all They're of the famous cult-like. people, the... N- n- yeah, and like like Nixon, you did it. I think oh, Nixon that was, was in a that cult. secret society. Okay. So this is our first true cult. Oh, yeah. It checks oh, all I'm the boxes. Excited. Yeah. <gasps> I'm so excited. Tell me everything. Okay, it's Heaven's Gate. So. Ooh. Yeah. This is like recent. Yeah. Isn't this recent? 1997. So kind of. Yeah, that's recent for Relatively. Cults. I mean, Scientology is a cult, but yeah. <laughs> we should do a Scientology episode. Uh, shit. That would be a very long episode, I feel like. Um, so I'll do that episode. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. It's very long. Okay, go for it. Okay, so. That would be. Maybe we can get Tom Cruise. Maybe. <laughs> get Tom Cruise to, get Tom to, Cruise to drop by and do a, a, a little bit of a promotion on our podcast while he's promoting the new top, top Gun movie. Wouldn't that be funny? Right. Remember when he went on Oprah and he was like jumping on the couch and stuff? God, and he's only like 5'7". And his, if you guys have never seen Tom Cruise smile, his, he has a tooth right in the middle of his mouth. He doesn't have like the normal like tooth gap. His, one of his big teeth is right in the middle of where you would normally have a gap. Yep. It's like off-centered. His, really his fucking weird. two front teeth are off-centered. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Once you notice it, you can't unsee it. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> Heaven's Gate, though. Very interesting stuff. All right, so Marshall Herf Applewhite was born in Spur, Texas, May 17th, 1931. Um, His father was a Presbyterian minister, and he developed a talent for music at a young age, and he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps and become a minister. So when he was old enough, he enrolled at Austin College and got a degree in philosophy, um, he didn't display any, like, overt narcissistic traits like you would expect a cult leader um, to display. He was smart and extroverted. He was not pushy. Um, he didn't show any fanatical religious tendencies, and his studies were actually fairly well-rounded, dedicating equal amounts of time to theology, pre-Christian philosophy, and choral music. Um, After graduating with a bachelor's in philosophy, he enrolled in the Union Theological Seminary in Richmond, Virginia, Uh, and after he graduated, he would have been an ordained Presbyterian, but instead he dropped out and pursued a career in music. He took a job as a choir director in a Presbyterian church in Gastonia, North Carolina, and he married a woman named Anne Pierce. Um, The Gastonia Presbyterian congregation members, um, they remember them fondly, this couple, and Marshall was, um, Marshall was um, always remembered for his personability and leadership skills. The couple had to leave Gastonia, not by choice, um, because Marshall was drafted into the army two years later, 
and they were stationed in Austria and then New Mexico, where he served as an instructor for the Signal Corps. He was discharged from the Army in 1956. Uh, some reports say honorably and some say dishonorably due to charges of alleged um, homosexual activity, which is uh, like you're... <laughs> It, it probably was because it's going to come up other times too. Um, okay. So after his time in the army, he earned a master's degree in music and he focused on musical theater. Um, the Apple Whites bounced around the U.S. taking various music jobs until 1964 when um, Marshall was hired as a performer by the Houston Grand Opera. So the reason that he left, well, he didn't leave. He, he actually got fired from the University of Alabama for pursuing a sexual relationship with a male student. And in 1966, he took a second job at the Houston University of St. Thomas as the head of music. By age 35, Marshall Applewhite was a success in the Christian music business and uh, was well a well-liked musician and doting husband and father. But by 1968, he and Anne had divorced. Um, they had been separated since 1965 when she had found out about um, the relationship with the male student. Um, but they finally got divorced, and after this, things really started to go wrong. Uh, for Marshall Applewhite, his father um, had rejected him um, after he came out as uh, as gay to his parents. He uh, resigned from the University of St. Thomas in Houston, citing depression and other problems, but... People have, who have studied Marshall Applewhite suggest that he probably left due to another affair and he just didn't want to get caught again, so he left. Mm -hmm. um, St. Thomas was a Catholic university, so that was not going to go over well. Mm -hmm. He moved back to New, yeah. New Mexico briefly and operated a deli where he was popular with the customers, but he returned to Texas later that year. Um Marshall Applewhite's father died in 1971, and between that and his mounting debt, he fell into a deep depression. He was uh, very vulnerable at this point, and he was susceptible to spiritual bypass, which if you uh, don't know what this is, it's a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues psychological mm -hmm. wounds and unfinished developmental tasks yeah wow that uh that uh we all know someone like that you sure do um yeah so um this really came into play when he met bonnie nettles a nurse uh with an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy in 1972 Bonnie was a nurse at a healthcare facility that Marshall had checked into for mental health reasons when he needed help with his depression. Um, 
they became fast friends and he said that he felt that, that they had known each other before in a past life. Bonnie was interested in the occult and she had joined uh, the Houston Lodge Theos- Theosophical Society and was dedicated um, to a group within the society that channeled non-corporeal entities, meaning a being that has no physical form such as a spirit or energy or as an abstract concept, although they may have physical avatars or bodies that they temporarily inhabit. Uh, One of these such entities that Bonnie claimed to be in touch with was a 19th century monk named Father Francis, who guided and influenced her decisions on a regular basis. Um, She also told Marshall that he had a divine assignment and that their meeting had been foretold to her by extraterrestrials. Yeah. That took a turn. (laughs) Yeah. It's out there. Okay, then. Um, She um, started calling Marshall Bo, and he started calling her Peep. And they had, like, these cute... What? Peep. Like, Bo Peep. Like, Bo Peep. Yeah. I can't. That's weird, man. And, like, throughout their time together, they had these, like, cutesy little names. It started out with Bo and Peep, and they also had, um, like, Winnie and Pooh, and, like, things like that, that they would, like, yeah, they were... Marco Polo. (laughs) (laughs) They were a little weird. So, Mm -hmm. um... I guess their their relationship was never sexual. It was platonic. Bonnie was actually married and had kids, but once she met Marshall and their relationship was, like, really weird, um, her husband divorced her and she lost custody of her kids. So. Holy shit. She had to be displaying some absolutely out there, like, behavior to lose her kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So both Marshall and Bonnie permanently cut off contact with their families. Um, They also vowed to be celibate, and they admitted that they had no attraction to one another. Um, They're not very attractive people to begin with, so... (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Well, whatever. Um... So, but the whole celibacy thing, they later um, incorporated that into their cult. Um, They opened a bookstore um, that they called the Christian Arts Center, which carried books from a variety of spiritual backgrounds, and they offered uh, classes for arts, music, music, and religion. They um, eventually rebranded as the No Place, like k-n-o-w like i know things the no place and taught classes on theosophy and mysticism and occultism in 1973 they closed their business in order to travel and teach others about their beliefs which now included a mix of religions and stuff about ufos um they traveled this is weird yeah oh it only gets weirder 
Um, they traveled the western USA with very little money, sometimes camping out and subsisting on bread rolls, not paying their lodging fees, and resulting to selling their blood or uh, doing odd jobs to scrape by. They also, at this time, changed their names from Bo and Peep to Doe and T. Like, Doe T. Like, do re mi fa so la ti do exactly also side note Ew. when do do ti do do ti la ti do do ti mi so fa so la ti do that's what we should have did this morning to warm up our voices <laughs> i'm gonna start doing that <laughs> oh wow wow memory unlocked or like tongue twisters like yeah the arsonist has oddly shaped feet or whatever they- the arsonist has oddly shaped feet. <laughs> I need to start doing that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. Holy shit. They okay. So when when in the aftermath of all this, when the police came in, they're looking through things. They found three copies of The Sound of Music. In what these boxes of they they watched a lot of movies and they watched a lot of sci-fi and they watched a lot of star trek and they had three copies of the sound of music (laughs) i don't know this is so bizarre yeah these people are freaking weird (laughs) they are i'm all about weird people i love a good weirdo in a positive way this is a negative weirdo oh yeah i can't oh you don't even know okay so um one of their uh friends from Houston that they had kept in contact with became their first convert and by June 1974 they had solidified their beliefs into this basic outline which was that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and they had been given higher level minds than everyone else okay here's your first red flag of cults that they're above everyone else and that everyone should listen to them. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, they even went so far as to create religious uh, pamphlets and flyers that uh, described Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, uh, which is just so Texan in and of itself. Um, <laughs> Texans are always so proud of themselves uh, for being from Texas, aren't they, they? They are. They, uh, they really are. And I don't understand it. And they don't mess with Texas. What the fuck are you going to do? Is you can't even handle Texas. it if you have a little snowstorm. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Like, nobody. Haven't, haven't just, no one's scared of you, honey. Yeah. You know. You want to mess with someone real, mess with someone from the Midwest because we have to encounter a whole bunch of weird shit. This is true. That's yeah. Midwest versus everybody. <laughs> Seriously, it's a whole different ball game up here. Um. Okay. So they also claimed that they were the two witnesses described in the Book of Revelation, and preached uh, wherever they could to speak about their identities and referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. Um, and this is where their cult began. Um, they preached, uh, about an event that they called 
the demonstration in which they believed that they would both be killed and then restored to life in a public place. Sorry, I couldn't read my own writing for a second. In a public place that allowed um, many people to see this event. uh, And then afterward, they would be transported into a spaceship for everyone to see. Um, (laughs) The law... Sounds like they belong on Skinwalker Ranch. I think they would have really enjoyed it there, actually. They would have thrived. They really would have. Thrived. Mm-hmm. Um, so the law caught up to Marshall in August of 1974 in Harlingen, Texas, because he failed to return a car that he rented in Missouri, and he was extradited to St. Louis and jailed for six months. His claim was that he was divinely authorized to keep the car. Um, <laughs> listen, God said I can keep it. Yeah. He got in contact that on with that. the people from Hertz Rent-A-Car and, <laughs> you know, gave them a, and it, it dropped them a line. Free pass there. <laughs> yep. Dro- dropped him a line and said, hey, you keep it, bud. <laughs> you go, you. you, go, you. <laughs> uh, and, but he didn't ask for that in writing, so he ended up in jail. Um... <sighs> So, which it didn't go over well. And while he was jailed, he thought a lot about his theology and he decided to abandon occult teachings in favor of extraterrestrial and evolutionary subjects. Um, after Marshall's release from jail, he and Bonnie set a goal of contacting extraterrestrials and began seeking out like-minded followers, which they called their crew. So they created um, posters and flyers and would facilitate meetings where they would recruit people. At these meetings they that they hosted, they would present themselves as beings from another planet who sought participants for an experiment. It's a no for me, dog. No. No, don't do experiments, guys. We don't do experiments here. Um, <laughs> Marshall's role in this was as the primary speaker, where he would use his charisma to disarm people who might be skeptical of their message. And Bonnie was the um, supreme authority on their beliefs, occasionally interjecting with corrections or clarifying remarks. Marshall believed in the ancient astronaut theory that extraterrestrials had visited Earth and placed humans on the Earth and that they would return to collect a select few. Um, And he often discussed uh, extraterrestrials using Star Trek terminology and claimed that aliens communicated with him through the show. Um, Their organization was originally named the Anonymous Sexaholics Celibate Church. Wait, 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 hold on, (laughs) hold on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Was this rehab for a sex addiction? Um, I don't think so at all. I think honestly that they just use the name to like, like, get people's attention. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll fucking do it. Just so they like ask for clarification, and then it can be they can, you know. It opens up a gateway for talking about their stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
That would make a great podcast name. Oh, the Anonymous Sexaholics Celibate Church podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, well, (laughs) this must have been too much. They didn't, you know, abbreviate it or anything. So they renamed it soon as the Human Individual Metamorphosis. So. (laughs) That's a little more culty. Yeah. It's a little more culty. Yeah. In these meetings, they said they were from TILA, which is an acronym for the evolutionary level above human, which would be aliens. So uh, that's what they meant. So they believed that humans coexisted with two races of aliens. One race was uh, the beings that inhabited TILA that would come down and visit Earth by inhabiting a human body, which is what Doe and T, Marshall and Bonnie, said that they were, and the other race of aliens that coexisted with humans on Earth is the, uh, they said was the Luciferians, who are aliens that were cast out of Tila for being bad, and now they are in hu- uh, inhabiting humans on Earth as evil people. So you can see where it's a whole mix of religions and a lot of his Presbyterian Christian background is definitely mm-hmm. sprinkled in there in different places. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the Luciferians were responsible for ruining the planet and uh, they were also responsible for any opposition or pushback against the teachings of Doe and T. Um who were these allegedly otherworldly beings with all this knowledge. And in 1975, while touring uh, California and Oregon colleges, preaching um, their new agey beliefs, they gained a following and drew media attention. The media coverage was negative, and the word brainwash came up a lot. Um, Yeah. They... Rejected being called a UFO cult, but you could definitely see why someone would say that. Um, mm-hmm. They also uh, denied that their teachings uh, fell under the category of New Age spirituality because they considered New Age spirituality to be a human-created thing, and they were not human. They just had human shells. Yeah. Um, so... Doe and T had at least 30 followers who left their home and followed them out to the Colorado desert where they were promised that an alien spaceship was due to arrive and would take them aboard and fly them to the next level so they'd be part of the uh, evolutionary level above human. Uh, Well, said alien spaceship did not show up. And surprisingly, they actually didn't lose... <laughs> Big shocker. Right. They didn't lose many followers, actually, because of this. I I don't know why. Um, their following led a somewhat nomadic lifestyle, sleeping uh, in out-of-the-way campsites. They got rid of their most of their earthly belongings, and it was emphasized that in order to ascend to the next level, a prerequisite was to completely separate from earthly desires. Members were instructed to renounce all friends and family, media, drugs, alcohol, jewelry, facial hair, and sexuality. They were required to adopt two-syllable names that ended in O-D, 
that had three consonants as the first syllable. (sighs) For example, Livodi, spelled L-V-V-O-D-Y. Ricody, R-K-K-O-D-Y. Jamodi. J M M O D Y. I hate it. This is the dumbest shit I know. we have ever talked about. I know. I, like. I also hate it a lot. I hate it. It's so stupid. <laughs> I also hate it a lot. Jamodi. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Ricodi. excuse me, did you say Jody? No, 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 no. It's a Jamodi. <laughs> these people are fucking weird (laughs) oh wow oh geez okay so they told their followers that these names emphasized that they were uh spiritual children how no idea um by april 1975 they had stopped having these public meetings and they had nearly stopped like teaching at all their doctrine to their converts and many um many of them renounced their allegiance to the group in june yeah in june um 1976 they uh gathered what little followers that they had left in medicine bow national forest which is in southeastern wyoming promising another ufo visit uh, Bonnie later said, psych. She didn't really say that. <laughs> she, she announced <laughs> that the UFO visit was canceled. I guess. <laughs> oh, they called. They can't make it today. They have plans. So we're going to have to resketch. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really disappointing. So um, they then split up their followers into... Um, individual cr- groups that they s- they called star clusters. I don't know. I just feel like they're just like winging this entire thing. They're just winging it, the whole thing. They are the first. They sound like one of the first people to. You know how people look up something on the internet. They find one keyword that sounds like smart, or one key phrase that sounds smart or interesting that not a lot of people will know about, and then they just been some false story about it just to make themselves seem smarter and try and get others to follow yeah that star cluster was there yeah was their key phrase right that they found in an encyclopedia right (laughs) i feel like right yeah god they're weird so between 1976 and 1979 uh they uh all lived in campgrounds in the rocky mountains and sometimes in texas Marshall and Bonnie, or Doe and T, prevented close friendships among the group members in fear that it would lead to insubordination, and they demanded that their followers practice what they called flexibility, meaning a strict obedience to their ever-changing requests. Um, They were to be like children or pets in their submission to their leaders. Um, Despite this, uh, most followers found Marshall Applewhite to be relaxed and laid back and even fatherly. He 
uh, organized rituals that were seemingly arbitrary in order to instill a sense of discipline, uh, and he called these tasks games. He would watch science fiction TV with his followers, and he would uh, express his preferences instead of um, issuing direct commands and offer his followers a choice by saying that they were free to disobey if they choose, giving them the illusion of choice. By the late 70s, um, the followers were out of the campgrounds, and they were now able to rent houses in Denver and then Dallas um, due to uh, possible like inheritance or other donations um, contributed by all the followers. There were about 40 followers at this point, and they lived between uh, about two or three rented houses, and they lived very secretively, covering up the windows and referring to the houses as their crafts, like spacecraft, and living a highly secluded life, waking up at 6 a.m. every day, and they had a very regimented schedule, and they... um. They had rules about everything. They had rules about how to bathe themselves, how to brush their teeth. Uh, when they prepared their breakfast, they had rules about how big the pancakes should be. There was <laughs> there was rules for every little thing. Oh my god. They wore... I hate people. I know. They wore... It would be like they would have to have like a book of this, like a reference book or something because... I mean, I guess they are kind of winging it, but I don't know. Yeah. Just keep everyone on the same page an instruction manual yeah yes of how to how to make how to live your life god that's wild yeah they wore baggy shapeless clothing and they all got the same haircut it's a short haircut um and they had about 80 followers in 1980 um these were actually very smart people who were the followers. Some, like, they had college degrees. They came from money, well-to-do, educated backgrounds in investments, mm -hmm. acting, computer programming. One guy was even um, a Republican politician, which <sighs> doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. So... As the trust funds of these members who had donated their inheritances and life savings dwindled, they allowed uh, some of their members to go and get jobs in the outside world uh, as car mechanics, computer programmers, and waiters, things like that, normal stuff. Um, Bonnie, or T, as she was now exclusively called, was diagnosed with eye cancer and she knew that she was dying. Um, Marshall, or Doe, as he was now exclusively called, was very anxious about this, and he was also a hypochondriac, so he thought that he somehow had cancer too, and that he also was dying, and the rules were um, shifting a little bit. In 1982, members were allowed to call their families. Um, the families of these people were extremely worried about their loved ones. They hadn't heard from them in years. Um, mm -hmm. and so these families kept in touch with each other. Um, the fam the families of all the people in this cult kept in touch and they shared information, um, uh, any information that they had, 
uh, with each other uh, through like mailing newsletters to each other. Uh, Yeah. And the following year in 1983, the cult members were also allowed to go back home and visit their families on Mother's Day. They were instructed to tell their family that they were studying computers at a monastery. Uh, These short visits and calls were meant to make the family feel better that their loved ones were staying at this uh, quote-unquote monastery uh, of their own accord. And since they chose to go back after their visits, um, you know, it kind of was supposed to show the family that they... They're doing this because they want to. The members were told that they were allowed to leave if they wanted to at any time. Um, they were interested in quality over quantity. Uh, some people actually did leave. Um, a, a one woman named Ananda left after she was in a bike accident caused by another member and she broke her arm or leg. can't remember which. And the way that they treated the person who caused the accident and how they made her feel, um, they just made her feel so bad that she, that they had to take Ananda to a hospital with people asking questions and prying into their secretive lifestyle. Um, It was Mm -hmm. just too much for her. And they also um, started talking about um, castration. And she took that as her cue to leave and she never came back. Yeah, yep, that's a that's a really good cue to leave. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but for others who left, um, some of them actually came back because it was so hard for them to live in the real world where they had to make choices and decisions and they'd been controlled for so long that it was just easier for them to go back to what they were used to for so many years. They had, like, isolated mm-hmm. themselves and alienated themselves from the outside world Um and from mostly from all other humans, except for the other cult members who shared their beliefs and experiences for so many years that it just was easier for them. It's the path of least resistance to just go back. Mm. Um, in mm. 1983, um, T's eye cancer was to the point where she had her eye removed and she lived for two more years and she died in 1985. T's death changed some things for the cult. Uh, first off, T, uh, was not taken from Earth via spaceship, uh, as was taught in their cult. Instead, she died like a regular human. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) So, to explain this, Doe told the members that T had traveled to the next level because she had too much energy to remain on Earth, and that to do so, she had to abandon her earthly body to make the journey, and that she had left him behind because she, uh, because he still had more to learn, and that she occupied a higher spiritual role than he did. Um, Doe became... An excuse for... It was such a man. There's an excuse for everything. Yeah. Um, so he became very depressed after T's death and, uh, his followers greatly encouraged him. He claimed to still be able to communicate with T. Um, since T's death, um, didn't go the way he said it would, um, their cult beliefs, like, to the core changed. Before, they believed mm-hmm. that your whole body or vessel would ascend into a spacecraft that would take you to the next level, 
Um, but after T left her vessel behind, Doe was uh, forced to say that this spiritual, uh, this ascension would be a spiritual one. The soul would leave its vessel and board an extraterrestrial spaceship where it would be given a new vessel once it reached the next level. Um, Doe became increasingly more paranoid about conspiracy against his group. He avoided gaining any new followers for fear of being infiltrated by anyone seeking to harm or challenge his teachings. Um, I, I suppose this is probably also because, like, there was nobody to back him up anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, the numbers were, uh, were dwindling by the early 90s, um, which... Mm-hmm. actually alarmed Doe, and they rebranded as Total Overcomers Anonymous. And they paid to take out a full-page advertisement in USA Today that warned of catastrophic judgment that was to befall Earth. This ad cost $30,000, and it persuaded about 20 former members to come back. Um, I should... I didn't google it but i bet you it's online somewhere like a scan of this oh, full page uh advertisement in the usa today um <clears throat> so um they also started recruiting members via the internet um because it was the early 90s and um hold on can you stop for a second yeah. there's the weirdest sound coming from my apartment right now i don't know if it's mechanical or if it's a bird i'm gonna be completely honest with you it's like i can't even do it i can't do it it's like a squeaking or chirping oh that's a bird i heard that yeah is it like right outside your window or something i have to go look can we pause for a second yeah uh, listeners, it was a blue jay that was right at my window and I tried to get a picture and I don't think I did. But, holy shit, it scared me because I literally thought a bird was stuck in my ducts somewhere. Oh That's my how gosh. loud it was. It was, I could hear it. It was loud. It was so loud. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. So they rebranded as Total Overcomers Anonymous, did the whole USA Today full page they were recruiting members via the internet now. They had a website. They have a website. It's still up. Um, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we all know, though, that the internet is a cruel, cruel place sometimes. And uh, that definitely showed up in the internet's reaction to their online presence um people had things to say about their beliefs and teachings and doe received many criticisms about his teachings and people who have studied him speculate that all this rejection that he received online may have encouraged him to leave earth because after that was the first time as a computer noise okay um, so the people who have studied Doe 
have they speculate that um, all this rejection that he received online may have encouraged him to leave Earth because after that was the first time that he spoke of suicide as a way to reach the next level. Mm. As extreme as their beliefs already were, they were about to get even more extreme uh, yeah. and into a surgical realm. <gasps> no! <laughs> yeah. Doe was teaching that sexuality was one of the most powerful forces that would bind a human to their body and prevent them from evolving to the next level. Doe and seven other men opted for surgical castration. Uh, One of the female members of the cult had been a nurse before joining the cult, and she felt as though she had enough knowledge to perform the procedures. Oh, my God. Um, so, they rented a warehouse. Oh, my God. And the first volunteer was placed on the table. He was given local anesthetics. Like, <gasps> local anesthetics, not general... Yeah, he Just, was awake oh. the whole time. Oh, my God. Um, this surgery did not go well. It ended with the man being rushed to a legitimate emergency room to be treated. Um, the other men surprisingly still wanted to go through with this after seeing, like, they were all, like, there, like, watching. After seeing this happen to this guy, they all oh still wanted gosh. to go through with this. But no doctor in the USA would do this for them. So they ventured to Mexico um, because at this time they were living in the San Diego area, which is pretty darn close to Mexico. So Mm -hmm. they found several doctors in Mexico that would either help them with surgical castration or chemical castration via hormones. Mm -hmm. In... 1997, they started focusing in on the apocalypse and they recorded propaganda videos with the message that this would be the last chance to evacuate Earth before it's recycled. Um, <laughs> it's recycled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. And they were you also can't going. recycle trash people. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, also going by Heaven's Gate at this point. Um,. Around the same time, the Hale-Bopp comet was big news as it was approaching Earth and would be visible in the sky. They believed that tailing this comet was a spaceship that T was aboard and that she was planning to rendezvous with them when this comet passed the Earth to take them to the next level. Like, get in, losers. We're ascending (laughs) to the next level. Oh my god. (laughs) This is wild, dude. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Doe had taught that Jesus Christ was an extraterrestrial who had come to Earth to die for our sins and take all of humanity back with him when he ascended to his spaceship. But he felt that humanity was not ready yet. Um, So he would return at another time, which would be every two millennia. Uh, as an opportunity to reach the next level. And since Doe was the reincarnation of Jesus uh, in this human Texan vessel, 
uh, he was uh, the one that was going to lead all these people to the next level. And he said that um, this ascension would happen during his lifetime. So he decided on suicide rather than appoint a successor because that made the most sense to him for some reason. Um, so they had decided to do this and what they did was basically have like a last hurrah. So they a little shindig. Yeah, well, they went on like um like a little trip together. And in like, you know, they had all these rules about uh you know, what they were eating and this and that. Sometimes they would be doing water fasts where they would just drink water for I don't know how long. Um, One time Anthony did a water fast for seven days. He had nothing but water for seven days. Why? Why? For fun. And people do it. Like if you, you it's, it's honestly like really good for um, people who have really bad gut issues or um, cellular turnover to... A lot of fasting is really good for people who are really sick, like with cancer and stuff. It really helps cell turnover. And the more you fast, it's known to decrease cancer cell cancer cells and stuff like that. Um, long fasts can be good for you, but you shouldn't do them all the time. Anyway, he did it. And it was the difference was insane. Really? It was wild. Yeah. I'd probably just die because I can't not eat. <laughs> after after 24 hours of fasting you're no longer really hungry because your body if you think about it your your body is not made to eat constantly throughout the day your body's actually made to eat about once a day according to like evolutionary eating and how your body is built to eat yeah yeah it was wild it was really cool uh anyway. so <laughs> yeah they do these water fasts and everything like that and so they uh, they kind of just did what they wanted to, and they ate at chain restaurants, and they went and got Italian food, and they went and this they is went the Amish on Rumspringa. Yeah, they they got they went to a donut shop and got several boxes of donuts, and yeah. so I'm wondering. My first thought: How did they not shit themselves? after oh yeah eating they probably a like certain shit. way yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> um but yeah they went they went to las vegas okay <laughs> like oh my they god went, <laughs> they went, went to, to colorado vegas? yeah like they went they yeah so it was like their bucket list type of thing love it um here for it yeah <laughs> um so in late march of 1997, um, the members started recording videos of their goodbye messages, which were uh, eerily gleeful. And they also um, procured matching uniforms, uh, kind of like a sweatsuit, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. And they all had um, a custom patch on the sleeve in the shape of a triangle that read Heaven's 
gate away team. And they all had matching uh, black and white Nikes, which... Uh, this sty- style of Nike is no longer made anymore because of its association with Heaven's Gate cult. So oh my God. <laughs> if you do happen to own a pair of black and white uh, Nike decades from the early 90s, they are worth a lot of money these days because wow. they're so rare. Yeah. Um. So the reason that they picked these particular shoes is because a they got a deal on them um, <laughs> and b um um doe was a big fan of nikes and he uh wore them and he encouraged his followers to and also the nike slogan of just do it um uh, they, it was a saying in their house, um, they would pronounce the do in Just Do It of the Nike slogan, they would pronounce it as doe, like their Ew. leaders. So they would say, just doe it. And so this was, it's kind of like a what, uh, uh, right, it's kind of like a what would Jesus do? WWJD, Jesus like, it, it was it's like a just doe it, like just do what doe would do, like, yeah. Ew, I thing. fucking I hate that with every fiber of my being. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. That really pissed me off for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so um Yeah, and yeah, not, Nike uh that was that they they didn't like that and they stopped making all those shoes. <laughs> I don't blame them. Um so their plan uh, was to ingest barbiturates and alcohol and put plastic bags over their head secured with a rubber band um, to ensure their death. They were put into groups and one group would oversee the deaths of the other groups until there was only one group left and they basically took shifts assisting in killing each other and they like they were told wouldn't it be nice to just fall asleep and then wake up on a spaceship that's taking you to the next level (laughs) (laughs) manny just tried to walk in and Bree totally mom armed him and just threw her arm up like don't fucking come in here well, okay, I'm sorry, but he should hear that I'm talking and obviously doing a podcast because I told him I was doing this. <laughs> and he was so obedient. <laughs> good Manny. Oh, um, good Manny. Because <laughs> um, this is like the serious part. This is like the important part of the freaking podcast, dude. Like... <laughs> okay, go for it. All right, all right. So, um, so uh, the barbiturates were distributed in applesauce and pudding, and <laughs> um, after the first group died in their beds, which were bunk beds, like <laughs> not even dignified at all, um, mm-hmm. uh, they a, a large purple um, scarf square scarf or shroud was placed over their body covering their face 
Um, the same was done for Doe. The events took place over a period of about three days. Um, and before uh, this mass suicide event, um, a member named Rio D'Angelo was tasked with staying behind and telling the world their story. This man um, was the anonymous caller who tipped off police <clears throat> who um, served a warrant to the house full of dead people. Actually, first they went first they went for a welfare check and they smelled a funny smell and then they came back with a mm -hmm. warrant so that they could just like bust in the door. And while the police were processing this scene, they were amazed that this beautiful house in a gated wealthy community uh, had so much death and darkness in it. Mm -hmm. 39 people, including Doe, were found dead in the house. 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72. Holy shit. Yeah. Doe was the third to last to die, so he likely mm -hmm. oversaw all the member uh, all the members' deaths, uh, lest they lose their nerve. Uh, mm -hmm. All uh, uh, all but two were found with purple shrouds, um, so they were the last two to die because no one was there to put a purple shroud over them. Mm -hmm. Um, all thirty nine bodies were cremated. And uh, one of the officers working the case said that it was 38 murders and one suicide, not 39 suicides. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yep. In the months after the deaths, um, at least three former members of Heaven's Gate um, died by suicide themselves. Rio mm -hmm. D'Angelo is still alive and claims to still be in contact with Doe and T., uh, if he raises his vibration to be able to do so. Uh, <laughs> so he says. Also, it is believed that two remaining members from Arizona named Mark and Sarah King maintain the mm -hmm. website of heavensgate.com, uh, which is still up and still looks like a 90s website. It's mm -hmm. a total blast from the past. Wow. So. And that is Heaven's Gate Cult. That is just a lot to process. Yeah. A lot of um, the naming conventions for everything. Mm-hmm. From the sex addicts to the whatever the, that's not Odetta, Je, Janetta, oh, Janota. Jametta. Jametta. Rakovi, Rakodi. Rakodi. Just those sound like names from SNL from an SNL skit, is yeah. what they sound like. Is seriously, I I understand why people follow cults and I understand why people get into cults because they're looking for a place to belong and feel like there's other people that are with them. I get the psychology behind why people fall into that trap of being in a cult, but to get to that point. You have to be really far gone or born yeah. far gone. It, yeah. Um, a lot of the people were kind of like looking for like something had happened. They had a breakup. They 
mm-hmm. their, you know, family member died. They were like looking for belonging and uh, just something, a distraction. Yeah. Stuff like that. Just crazy. Well, Brie, thank you for doing our first cult. I cannot believe we haven't done a cult yet. And we are over 100 episodes in at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to look at some more cults. We will. Like the Nevex, what is it? Nevexum? Nexium. Nexium. Yeah. No, that's a heartburn medicine. Yeah, I know. Is it Nexium? Yeah, it's Nexium. Okay. We're going to have to look into the heartburn medicine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A little little something on that. Uh, Wow, dude. I can't get that. I can't get over that initial name of what they started calling it with the sex addicts. That would be a great, a great podcast name for sure. Like a relationship (laughs) podcast name. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I love it. Well, Brie, thank you so much. Uh, You guys, if you have any other cults that you want us to look into, shoot us a line. Contact at perfectstranglers.com. A lot of you have been DMing us as well with your stories and ideas for um, future episodes, which um, we're going to talk about next week. Uh, Spoiler alert on that. And if you want to follow along with us on... um, Follow along with us and see what we're talking about. Go to our uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and you can find us there. Um, Other than that, that's all we got for you today, kids. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.